Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120Hz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Core. This is Core. I'm Scott Johnson with Bush Schwartz, John Jagger, and uh, we're doing a show. I almost said Kristen Ashton and uh, Kyle Ferguson. I get used to saying that on our D&D show. Oops. That would have been a mistake, except they're great and we love them anyway. Anyway, hey, everybody. Welcome to Core. We're a day late. We apologize. It's Thursday. It's uh, the 21st of November, 2019, and uh, we're here to talk about the world of video games. Turns out a few things have happened since we last spoke, which was one Earth week ago. John was gone. He was ill. John, glad you're back. Glad you're feeling better. I was here this. I was here last week. Oh, it was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. Wait, what? Really? Hold yeah. on. In my head, me and, me and Bo were the last two to do anything. Is that not true? Nope. All no, three of no. us were here last week. Shh. No. We- Shit. That's right. He's right. <laughs> All right, I am screwed up. I don't know what. You know what? Time is uh, a mess right now for me. Nothing makes but sense. Thank you. I'm glad you're happy that I'm feeling better. I feel. Two weeks better now. Oh, good. Of fact. Well, yep. you you look a thousand times better, and <laughs> you look the same as you always did. What am I saying? You don't look any different. Uh, but we're here. We're going to do video game talk, and there's lots to discuss. So let's do it. So Half Life turns out <clears throat> didn't uh, didn't die after all, and sitting around waiting for three is a thing you're still going to have to do, kind of. But they announced a new game in the Half Life series this week. And it's called Half-Life Alex. Nope. Alex. There you go. <laughs> uh, that's the girl, right? From the games? Isn't that her? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. From Half-Life 2, the one that is your primary NPC companion. I think I always thought it was pronounced Alex. 
What does that say about me? I don't know what to say I about think that. that's. I think that's a, actually a fair interpretation. It just looks like Alix. A-L-Y-X. Alix doesn't look like Alex to me. But anyway, she's cool, I guess. I don't know. It's been so long. Like, we, we never got episode two of the episodic stuff they were going to do. Nope. Um, we got two. No, I'm this sorry. This is going to be the episode where sorry, Scott sorry. makes statements and Bo and I just gently go, nope. No, that's totally fine. You should correct me. <laughs> You're right. It's three we never got. Three was yep. the problem. Okay. So because we never got three, everybody's sitting around going, ah, what's the deal? And uh, so they never really sewed that up. And they've never announced Half-Life 3. And they just sit around printing Steam money all day. So nobody really thought they were going to do anything anytime soon. Well, apparently, they have been working hard on Half-Life Alex, And uh, it is a VR experience, which leaves me slightly torn. We'll get to that in a minute. But the trailer looked cool. It is set between Half-Life... Okay, John, correct me again if this is wrong, but I believe okay. it's set behind uh, set between Half Life One and Half Life Two. Do I have that correct. right? Okay, yep, that's fine. spot yeah. on. All right, it's got the, the the face huggers and the whatnot going on. It looks very nice. It's running in Source Engine Two. Um, uh, it looks as nice as you expect it to look. It is one hundred percent a VR game, not a game that you just happen to play in VR if you want to. Uh, it appears you will have to play it in VR. That is the only way you're going to play it. And I think we should talk about it, what we think of it, or at least what we think of the announcement, what we think of the idea of, an, of a uh, VR-only Half-Life game. And, and does this lead us to think that maybe a proper Half-Life game is around the corner at some point? That sort of stuff. So I'll start with the most skeptical of us. That would be John Jagger. John, tell me how you feel about Half-Life Alix. Well, uh, I don't, I mean, I think it's probably good because I feel like we should definitely end on a high note. It's a new Half-Life game. That's exciting. Yeah. And I certainly, you know, have a long standing love for that series. Um, it's kind of the reason why I'm into PC gaming is the Half-Life series. So I owe a lot to that, to that whole franchise and whole deal. Um, but honestly, Half-Life Alex, I am extremely skeptical about, um, and it's weird because sometimes they announce something that's kind of new and something that's kind of weird, like Google Stadia. And I see people going, man, this is going to be crap. And I maybe deep down believe it, but I go, well, come on, let's give it a chance. Let's see what it'll be. And then sometimes there are other things that come out, like Half-Life Alex, where everybody's like, oh, my gosh. And I almost didn't put it on the news list because I was like, eh, so what? Who cares? <laughs> Uh, and then the more I saw people freaking out, I was like, oh, I guess maybe this is news people are excited about. Mm -hmm. uh, but the the reality for it for me is this. Um, I want to live in a world where VR becomes something really cool and something that everybody has and um, all of that. And I think that would be great if we could get there. I don't think this is the game that's going to do it. And I think think i don't think valve is like actively lying to us but i do think that a lot of things people are inferring from this trailer is kind of fake and artificial mm. um things like you know in the in the beginning of the trailer we see this moment where alex is creeping around and she pushes aside a little like can of some kind and peers between some shelves and that's amazing like when you think about how VR works and all of that, the ability to do that is actually pretty impressive. Not a lot of games do that 
very smoothly without a lot of jank, without a lot of things like flying around or even just in general. But for the most part, uh, I saw that and I was like, wait a minute, I need to see somebody actually playing this game because yeah. that looks incredibly un VR to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have a feeling this is a cutscene. And then sure enough, later in the game, there's a point where there's a gun sitting on a car. She goes to pick it up and it does the VR thing of just magnetizing to her hand. It looks like they're doing a little story device where her hands got like probably some gravity gun business built into it to allow for an explanation of why that is. But it does the VR thing that you would expect it to do. Right. And I was like, okay, that's the VR I recognize. And that's the VR I, I know. Um, and so there's a lot of things where it's just like, yeah, it seems like it's going to be a solid VR game, but that's not in and of itself exciting to me. The name Half-Life at this point, I think we're allowed to have a modicum of like skepticism when it comes to that. Because it is a series that promised us three follow-up chapters to Half-Life 2, only delivered two, never gave us a three. And I would even go so far as to say that if if Valve felt that this game was the technical revolution that Half-Life 1 was and then Half-Life 2 was when it came out, I think this game would be called Half-Life 3. And I think being called Half-Life Alex maybe speaks to where they think realistically it falls. That, and so that's a, the most sensible thing I've heard all day, actually, is the idea that it's got the Half-Life name on it means something. And it may mean great innovation in VR. It may mean it may be the greatest single player VR game ever made in the end. It might it very well could be. In fact, I part of me thinks it probably will be. This is Valve. They it's make not a amazing hard bar to clear. Right. I it's mean, not. You're right. It's not a hard bar to clear because a lot of the stuff out there is janky and terrible. And maybe they'll get over those those humps. Uh, but if if it was truly the next generation Half-Life, the thing that was the ultimate in Half-Life, it would not be a middle chapter called Half-Life Alex. It wouldn't be. It would be Half-Life 3 or something beyond that. So that's yeah, what I think kill, that's really They kill the meme. Yeah, no, that's true. They kill the legend. Nobody wants to kill the that. meme. You kill the meme, you kill the man. And if you kill the man, you kill the... I don't know, I'm making all this up as I go. So I think uh, all I would say, just sort of my closing thought on it is what I want from this game before I'm excited, before I jump on the hype train, definitely before I start shelling out money for VR, which is a huge ask in my opinion. But um, what I need is what they did back in Half-Life 2 days. Because yeah. if you remember when they announced that game, they announced that game with like a weird tech demo. Mm-hmm. You were just in like a room and they're like, look what happens when we shoot wood. And everybody was like, oh, my gosh, like for some people, this is going to sound really silly. There was a time when they were like, look what happens when you walk behind this window. You were like, it distorts like a window. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, look what happens when you shoot this wood. I was like, it's like shooting wood. I've never done it, but I imagine that's exactly what it's like. And they were like, now look what happens when we shoot metal. And I was like, oh, my what is going on with this? This is amazing. Yeah. Like it blew our minds. It was revolutionary at the time. Yeah. Now we take all that stuff for granted, but at the time we had never seen or experienced anything like that. And it, it exploded in a big way. I need that for this. Yeah. I need not a little punchy trailer. Supposedly this game is coming out in four months. Show me someone sitting down and playing it so that all the jank that in the back of my head, I assume is there yeah. isn't there. So I can jump on that hype train with everybody else and be like, man, this looks legit. Yeah. 
Yeah. But right now with what they've shown so far, I mean, yeah, I'm excited to see a head crab, but not much else. Yeah. Bo, are you, uh, how do you land on this? I mean, I know you've, you've always shown a little more I mean, interest geez, in the there's VR like thing. There's tons but... of crappy games launched every year. I don't see why we have to be sad about or feel reservations about this. I mean, it might but, be good. I mean, everyone's a ton of their opinions, so I don't want to like make a thing out of it. I just, I feel nothing but unbridled joy seeing everything I saw. This is amazing. I don't think it matters if it's called three or what it's called. Mm. And in the Jeff Keeley interview, they clarified that um, this wasn't them saying we need to make a Half-Life game, so let's do it. The people deserve it. They said they believe there's a lot of potential in VR. They are a VR product producer. And they did a lot of, they had a lot of different like tech demos internally they were working on, and they built a 15-minute Half-Life 2 demo with some of the technology, and then they selected the Half-Life product because the, the pillars of that game are... Um, you know, puzzles, exploration, combat, and narrative sort of one after the other in a, in, a, in a seamless, almost one level experience that that's why they picked it. So I think you're right in looking at this and being like, well, it isn't Half-Life 3. It isn't a sequel. You know, it is meant to not be a tech demo, but it's meant to push the boundary in the same way that a new id tech engine used to and a new Doom and make you buy thousands of dollars worth of new hardware. Like, that's what we're all... I mean, that's what I've been waiting for in PC gaming. We've been plateaued for so long. I have a 12-year-old computer that still runs any game except for Anthem, because Anthem is very crappy. Yeah. Um, that, uh, <laughs> that, that like, <laughs> you know... It, <laughs> That I'm wait like I'm holding off on really plunking down a lot of money to see the next jump and like maybe this will fail. It's no promise it'll fail, but I like I'm excited to see a studio that really puts a polish on a product prove something. So I'm I'm feeling celebratory about this and just that it's Half Life. Like it's just it's Half Life. Yeah, it is nice. It's nice to, so nice to get back there. I, it's I agree. Half Life. I agree. It is an institution in PC gaming. Like, I agree with that. But here's what I would say. It, it, I'm kind of in the middle of this of the two opinions because I agree with John on a lot of this. Like I, I was an early VR like, Oh God, this is the next step of everything. And I really think it is, but it has a long tail of its own and it has to iterate and get smaller on the head and better in the eyes. And, you know, it just has to improve and get to places like our phones did or like any other tech that, that matures. It just isn't there yet. It's still very early days. And so part of me thinks that a game like this, even if it's incredible, is still going to be hamstrung by the fact that you got to wear a 10-pound thing on your head and many of you are going to have to be tethered to use it the way you want to at the highest fidelity. And all of that stuff is still a hindrance. So so to me, it's like saying, I don't know, it's a little bit like, uh, you know, imagine, uh, we'll just say Red Dead Redemption because it looks so amazing on PC. If you had Red Dead Redemption, but you released... Well, you you released what it can do now, but you had to release it in 2004. Well, you would have had to have dumb everything down to make it work. And I worry that we're in a place with VR where we're just not quite there with fidelity, with uh, with with the sense of presence, with the lightness and smallness and compactness of the actual devices, the wirelessness of the devices. Like when all of that sure. gets to a place that's iterated on over and over and we're finally to, you know, they're about the size of these glasses and I'm wearing them every day, then it's a whole new ball game. Like that's all we're going to do. Okay. And it's going to take us a while to get we're there. We're not going to be near, like it's not, I think that's too much to put on half the Half-Life game shoulders. 
And I also think that this game will have a Steam Workshop. It'll be moddable and that we'll get a mouse and keyboard version maybe at some point uh, of this game too. So they're marketing it as VR only and I think that's the right move they have to make to make it a flagship thing. But I have no doubt this will be playable on a mouse and keyboard at some point. So I'm mainly focused on the fact that it's a new Half-Life game and that they do have a good pedigree. They don't release a lot of them, but every time they've done a Portal or a Half-Life, it's been an event to celebrate at the time of its release and something awesome. So right. but here's I the, just don't feel any reservations about it. Here's the thing that I think maybe explains how I feel about it. And I'm not saying that you're wrong or anything with where you're coming from, but like with what you just said, this was my reaction to it. And I think it pre- pretty much sums up where I am. If they made this game and they were like, well, you can use mouse and keyboard for it. I don't think I'd want to play it. Mm. Like looking at it, it looks like, hey, you can play that daily quest, unravel the strands puzzle from WoW, but in VR. And that might be super cool in VR, but now doing it with a mouse and keyboard, I don't know. That doesn't sound like, that doesn't get me excited. And and I agree the Half-Life name means something, and it has a lot of power behind it. But the thing I keep asking myself is why? Because back in the day when Half-Life came out, I, I could say why, there was no games that were like that with the kind of narrative setup, even AI in general, wasn't anywhere near that. The idea that the soldiers would throw a grenade to flush you out so that they could shoot at you. There are shooters today that don't do that level of advanced AI and half-life was doing it years ago with half-life two. I know exactly why that was cool. Games didn't have physics. Games didn't look like half-life two, like that changed gaming. And again, go back and watch that announce video And I think people that weren't there at the time or weren't playing games before it would almost laugh at the things that we got excited about. I lost sleep over the announcement of Half-Life 2 because I was like, the world is changing. And I would love for Half-Life Alex to be that for VR. I'm just not sold on it yet. But that's what I associate with Half-Life is changing the game because I can't give it story. They couldn't even finish the story. Like, I can't say, like, oh, it's those characters in that story. Valve didn't care enough to finish it. So they don't have faith in it. Why should that be a a linchpin for me? So for me, it's always about the tech. It's always about how that's going to change the world and change the industry. And maybe it will. And I would be very excited if it did, because I am kind of waiting for VR to take off. It's just I haven't seen anything yet to convince me. Otherwise. So what if so if this thing had been a uh, let's let's just go back to 2016 or whenever it was when the first big headsets finally launched the um, both the stuff from Oculus and I guess who was it uh, HTC Vives launched. If this would have been if, if Valve was like way ahead of this and this was a like premier launch product for those things. I think you would be a lot more stoked. Because Probably, yeah. you haven't already seen the dirge of fair to middling, you know, shovelware that that VR sort of been known for. No one's really been able to crack that egg. Had that been a day one thing or somewhere near that top end, you probably would see it differently. I know I would. Like I would feel differently today. And this is, and I'm not disappointed in what they showed. I think it looks rad, and I'm going to play it, assuming, uh, and I haven't been able to get confirmation on this, but the the Val or the um, Oculus Quest, which will now soon, I don't know when this is supposed to happen, but soon that thing links to a PC and acts like a tethered uh, PC thing. 
Would they call it Their Oculus press Link? press release said all Steam head, uh, VR headsets were... All Steam-compatible VR headsets. Well, I'm trying to remember the exact language, but basically, if it's a headset that Steam supports, you can play the game. All right, so in theory, that'll be true of that, but the Link thing's not out yet, so I don't, I can't really confirm it. Because the the current tethered Oculus is, yes, they do work with Steam Workshop and Steam Steam VR, so that's not an issue. But I really want to use that to do it. If that ends up working, because that's my VR headset now, then I I'll get this game and I will play it. And I'm sure I'll enjoy it. Um, I just, so I guess what I'm saying is I'm not, I'm not negative about the announcement. And the fact that Valve is even doing anything with the Half-Life world is super exciting to me. What I would have loved is if they said, Alex is this middle thing. We're going to make this for VR. It's going to be super immersive. All between now and when Half-Life 3 comes out. The big three on the presentation and then they're going to do with, they're definitely doing three. That would be. That would be something that would get me. But what fired would Half Life Three be? This is the thing I because I, I. Well, this is three. Well, it's not calling it three. It's the third installment. Like, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter what symbol is next to the brand thing. Like, it, you oh. know, the Doom Eternal need to be Doom Two, or it's not a sequel. You know, it doesn't matter. No, ultimately. but it, but. I don't know if that that I'm not, I don't care about the number either, but I think that. Well, let's spend thirty minutes talking about how Doom Eternal is going to be a pile of shit. No, that'll be great. Doom Eternal is going to be awesome, and you're yeah, right. You're right about the number thing. I totally agree with you on that. I'm not saying they they need to give it to number to create that significance, but this is clearly not a mainline Half Life game. If that's what this is intended to be, that's a it weird. Looks like that to me. I guess we're not, and the people aren't seeing the same thing. That's why there's dissonance. This looks like. Like a, a capstone, it could potentially be a capstone moment for VR and for gaming. Well, first I of all, it's, teaser. it's less money than a than a than a AAA game would cost. So that tells no, me it's, it's probably shorter. It's fifty three right now if you pre order it. Well, discounted, but sixty. Still, most games, most brand new <laughs> games, don't see that kind of a discount for their for the first release. Now, this is Valve; they control Steam, so that's one thing. But the other thing that tells me that this isn't like meant to be a mainline game is you don't have the install base for it. In fact, you're barely there. There's there, there's there's uh, mixed results in terms of whose numbers you believe, but statistically speaking, there's supposed to be like three million headsets in circulation, and not all of those are compatible with Steamworks or uh, with uh, with Steam as a platform. So I don't know that Valve wants to make a game that doesn't. That is that only can go to a select group. Now, if their idea is, well, this will really blow VR up, well, then that's maybe a risk they're willing to take. But I can't see this as like, I mean, I, I'm happy to be proven wrong, but and they had and they also didn't present it as such. But I don't think this is meant to be the next big Half-Life game. I think this is meant to be a big Half-Life thing, but not the big next Half-Life game. If there ever was one, to your point, John, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for you either because. There's there's a reason they haven't made Half-Life 3 for all these years. And it isn't just that Steam makes tons of money. It's that Half-Life 3 has expectations attached to it that who the hell could ever reach those expectations, even Valve? Like, how do they even do it? So I, I agree with you there. But what I'm saying is I don't I, I it's really hard for me to see that this is, for all intents and purposes, Half-Life 3. I don't get that. Bow counterpoint. I mean, you were correct in that it is usually numbered stories happen chronologically in a certain order, right? Even Star Wars preserved that by naming the prequels, the numbers before it. So, right. 
and this since this takes place narratively between the two, you know, it it would not if they called this three, it wouldn't be in convention normally how we use, use numbers for this stuff. So, but do you, so yeah, but do you think it could be the future of Half Life as kind of what you're saying though? I think it'd be a future VR. I mean, some games come along and they're not the most popular games. They do something innovative, and that shit, like this this game will likely be an open source game. I don't think Valve's a company is going to release a game and like this and not put it on Steam Workshop and not let people work on it in the source engine and not let some other companies take what they're like in the interview that you listen to. They're just like VR is not blowing up because the games aren't there, and they said they're taking it upon themselves to show you what you can do in this medium and to create tools to make this product so even if you sit here and say like alex releases and you didn't like it they're going they're definitely there's a lot of smart people working there they're finally putting something out this is their wheelhouse this is the, you know maybe artifact failed but like they're known for having a good pedigree when it comes to this stuff i think they know that the future of their product rests on releasing something amazing even if just technically for the health of, of VR development. So I think they are going to attempt to set a new bar. And that alone, even if they fail or not, is like exciting because most companies want to make the new JPEG brawler or the new TFT. Like everything's regressive at what's popular in the video game industry. It's about, you know, cute animations, which is great and stuff. But things that get me hyped for video gaming is when someone's like, you know what? We're going to do some crazy stuff. And I think VR doesn't translate the same way a flat screen video game experience does like this trailer looks really good for a VR trailer. Cause most VR trailers look bad and the experiences are actually better when you play them in VR. And this trailer looked really good. Even if you told me this is a mouse and keyboard game, I'd be like, Oh, I'm super excited for this. It looks really good. Mm. Um, so that's, those are my thoughts is that from a technical achievement standpoint, that's what is really exciting about the game, I think, and also looks cool. I actually really agree with what Bo said about Valve being a good uh, company to push things forward. And it's going to sound like I'm being snarky with this comment. I swear I'm not. The only the only counters to that is they have failed with Steam boxes. They thought they were going to mm-hmm. push Linux really hard and make that happen. Bo already mentioned Artifact. They've had some misses, sure. But there's a reason why earlier I said games didn't look the way they did until Half-Life 2. Like they when they plant their flag and they go, we're doing this like they have a tendency to really make changes. And I agree whether Alex sets the world on fire or not, there is a chance that that its simple existence forces that change to ultimately happen. Like it could still be the spark that causes it to happen. Yeah, and it could. I hope it cool. does. That would be great. I really do. Also, I just think it's still a little pricey for people to, you know, to have this experience. They'll need to invest in a, you know, PC of some quality, fifteen hundred bucks or something, and then they're going to have to add on to that another four, five hundred, up to a thousand dollars, depending on how, what fidelity level they want for a VR headset. Like they have to make an investment that's 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 usually not a problem if you buy a console or you buy even the quest or you buy something that's like a standalone unit you have a closed system of all known issues and hardware and you just make games for it and people buy it or they don't in this case you're asking a lot of people to 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 get a lot of new hardware for a game that sure launches at 60 bucks is on sale early for 53 
but at the end of the day, you're going to spend, you know, somewhere between 600 and $2,000, depending on what you already have for a game that Valve made. So I really hope it's that good that that investment is worth it for people because once they're done with that game and they've had their fill and they want to move to the next thing, I don't know what that next thing is to justify that cost for them. And I'm someone who's bought two different headsets during the last couple of generations, and I am a big fan of the tech moving forward. But I, I'm not being honest if I at least don't say the mass market appeal is going to require price, fidelity, and convenience to all merge at some point. They've got, they got to get closer closer to each other or else you're really asking a lot to say spend two grand and make this work. Um, right, because I if I had that money to spend, I would buy a Nintendo Switch. I'd buy a new video card. I'd buy something else. I'd I'd invest in a new PC to play, you know, as we talked about, the same old experiences, but the ones I reliably enjoy rather than gamble on a thing that to me still feels gimmicky and unproven. Right. And I know that's that's me saying I don't want to be on the cutting edge. I want the future to come and then I'll come to it. I, I don't want to be the one that's like out there trailblazing going, I discovered VR. I was the one who realized there was potential out there. Me. Yeah. Uh, I don't want that. I want VR to be real and be awesome and be great. And I will come to it when it is like that. And it is the job of Valve and other companies to convince me to either not do that and head over early or to push that forward for the people maybe like Bo, who are more inclined to go for a unique experience and be a trailblazer in that regard. Yeah. And that's what I hope. Happens. Honestly, I only need like a week of reviews. I just need to hear what people I trust say. And I don't mean just general reviews. I mean, people I usually go to for this sort of thing, including friends who are super into VR. I'll, I'll text Jeff Kanata day one and say, dude, so how is it? Cause he, he's, he's all in and loves that stuff no matter how, what it is. And he'll be able to say, you know, yeah, this is a real half-life game. It's awesome and or not and then i'll know like that will that will help me a lot and that will help me make recommendations to other people um nothing says we have to buy it day one and also nothing says that this isn't the most amazing thing ever it might be let's all hope it is i'm i mean i'm stoked at that idea all right conceptually well, about some, like there's some good stuff in here beyond the vr conversation that's just incredible Lay, lay it out. Give me like, what's your favorite. So, what's your favorite so stuff? Reloading, like the tactile. There's one point where you have a shotgun where you have to load the slug in. To do that, no more pressing R to reload and making it easy. You got to put that bullet in that gun. I love that. Mm. Um, there's a point in there where it's at like the 50 second mark. Because I'm watching it right now. You have to put your hand in this thing, and it looks like it's upgrading your left glove. And with your right hand, you're peering around the corner shooting these dudes, and the bullets are registering. So it's not just physics, but where the, he's, they're hitting the enemies, the enemies are reacting to the location they're being hit in a really cool and realistic way. Like one guy gets a gut shot and his hands sort of go down. He goes, like There's just a, a level of detail to what I'm seeing, which it's a hype trailer and it's one minute. It could just be the best one minute of what's being shown. But like that small little clip just makes me so stoked for the... The, the level of aesthetic attention and detail to the game product, let alone whether it's VR or not. Um, I find the gloves look really awesome uh, as well. They seem moddable, but I just love that there's this sense of what I think they're really going to lay into is this environmental interaction. So like in video games, you press your buttons and you do your things and you're limited by the keyboard. 
in life, I can look at all these objects around me and interact with them in any way. And it seems like they're going to go deep on, on the manipulating the environment in creative ways. And I'm just so excited for that because I don't, I haven't really seen that from a VR. Like, like you guys said, it was a lot of just janky stuff. And this looks really smooth and really, really detailed. Well, the way you said environmental interaction made me think that that's a huge positive because that that's right in line with what Half-Life did to innovate, including Half-Life 1. I don't know how many people remember all the way back then, but when I was playing that game in 1998, what blew me away partially was a lot of objects in the game were deformable. They would move. They had some physics to them. It wasn't, I mean, by today's standards, it was ridiculous, but... At the time, it was pretty out there, especially for a game that was based originally on the Doom 2 uh, engine, uh, heavily modified. But, you know, at the, at the end of the day, that was just basically Doom 2, a Doom 2 under the hood. Not Doom 2, Doom... Uh, Quake 2 is what I meant to say, not Doom. Oh, Quake, uh, okay, Quake 2. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but as the game... Or as that game progressed, you would see things happen that you just didn't see in regular video games. Then 2 completely blew that out of the water. Like, physics became a real thing. And in a way that no game would be the same. Like, they may not be as gimmicky about how they use the physics in the world, but physics in the world suddenly mattered. And now that's just standard. Um, your argument's a good one. Like, that's carrying like the gun, that further. The, re the reload is not just the reload, but he's got to chamber it. Right. He's got to grab it, pull it back. He, he pulls it open, puts the bullet in, closes it. He's not done. He's got to chamber the bullet too. And you're going to have to do all that, I think, in the game. Like it's going to be like actually preparing a gun for shooting. Yeah. And that's going to create a lot of tension, like Resident Evil tension where you're like, the gun's jammed. Mr. X is after me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I don't know. I'm excited by this game. Well, now like, you had me excited. Now you have me terrified to play it. So well done. Now, now I don't <laughs> want Mr. X. Mr. X and I don't get along yeah. very well. I think I think everything John said though could be right. This could be just a glorified tech demo, and it's not that great. And certainly, you know, there's been a lot of play as Darth Vader, yeah. or play as Iron Man kind of stuff. That's really just ten minute experiences that are pretty shallow, and that's kind of what we're getting on the high end for VR. So mm -hmm. I get yeah. it. Also, John made a good. I, I want to mention this before we move on. John made a really interesting point a bit ago about how things you do in VR that are fun or that work in that environment don't work very well on a keyboard and mouse and things that work on a keyboard and mouse or a controller don't work well in that environment. I just don't mean controlling, but like some of my favorite experiences of VR, are things like beat saber, which would suck with a controller or a mouse and keyboard or any other traditional <laughs> yeah. input. It would just be stupid. It's kind of like when you you'd play rock band without the guitar or one of the other instruments, there's no point you can play with a controller, but why the frick would you like, it's stupid. The whole idea was to have the guitar and that made the experience work. VR is full of stuff like that. I have games that I really like that are just waves of enemies coming at me like, like I'm playing Space Invaders back in the day, except in beautiful 3D. But it's really fun because there's this visceral aiming and there are guns in the world that I'm clicking and I'm looking at my ammo by holding it here and I see I'm almost out with this gun and I'm ducking when the bullet comes. Like That's why that works there. You take that into mouse and keyboard, yeah, it's a shooter, but it's the most boring shooter you ever played. So I have to think, they, they know all of this, right? They've studied movement and what makes people sick and why, you know, teleportation seems to solve some of that. And I know they didn't, they're not getting detailed, although the trailer shows are moving like regular. I have a lot of questions about movement because movement's not like 
in me, movement in VR is not the same as movement in a first person shooter with a mouse and keyboard. It just isn't the same. So what are they going to do? How do they tackle those things? Like that's all going to be super interesting. And I kind of can't wait to see how it lands because if it's great, this could be a sea change at least at the top end of, you know, people who can afford the setup. Um, and VR is it definitely a, looks like movement though. It definitely looks like it's like, don't they have a little thumb pad for you to move around? I mean, the they do, but it's, that's the thing that see, everyone assumes that that's, that works well and it, and it can work and it does for a lot of games, but it's super weird when you use a stick to turn a certain way, your brain doesn't like it and you get super nauseous. A lot of people do. So if you're moving forward, but then it's hard to explain. You're doing things your uh, so, body. Yeah, so they because you can turn your head. Right, you're and, moving your head and, around. Uh, you know, in mouse and keyboard land, turning your head is the equivalent of just turning your whole body. But in VR land, you can actually turn your head. Right, and not necessarily orient your body in that direction. Right, so that's why they say like these setups where people are on treadmills with the round circles, and they you know they can go any direction they want. That's like the best way for recreating movement because you're literally one to one recreating movement. Whereas if you're at a desk or you're standing and you're and the whole thing's a corridor, well, you're not going to walk a corridor. So what yeah, do you? Yeah, I did. Uh, I did one of those VR rooms where they give you like a an entire like giant room to run around in. So everything's one to one. Yeah. Like the only thing is is uh, and the the game experience is programmed to take into account. So you know, you walk a certain distance in the game and then for story reasons, you'll have to walk a certain distance in the other direction so that you're never having to do a teleport or a reset. And it's just it's complete one to one of your body. And that was a really cool experience Yeah. Um, where I nearly fell over standing in the middle of a room with no danger just because I thought I was out on a dangerous walkway and something popped up at me and I was like, Oh, I'm going to fall. Yeah. And that's <laughs> that awesome. It, that's that awesome works. presence, right? Yeah. You feel like you're yeah. freaking there. And that's an amazing experience. The trick is when you're trying to create space that is more than just your room space, how do you navigate that and still keep you in it and create that presence? And nobody's really gotten that nailed. They've made little innovations here and there, but nobody's quite nailed it. Um, the teleportation thing's interesting, and even Valve uses it for their little toy app thing that you just mess around in VR in. But you basically shoot, you know, a, a reticle on the floor twenty feet that way, and then you you teleport over there to move, and and that gives you as much room to go anywhere you want any time. But then that's not really the same visceral experience of I'm moving down this hallway. I'm crawling between these these shelves. These guys are here now with guns. I need to fight them. You know, that that kind of endless virtual space is tricky. So I want to see how they handle that because nobody's quite got that. Could Valve figure that out and make it amazing? Probably. So, Maybe we just have to get used to it. Did you I mean, play like, Half-Life VR? Sorry to interrupt. Sorry. Uh, was there a Half-Life there, VR? There, there's a mod for Half-Life 2. That I've played it in tried VR. It. And you use mouse and keyboard to aim your gun around, actually. Oh, I never tried it. Um, yeah, so that's movement with mouse and keyboard. Yeah, but and the same thing. We were would talking be... with Jeff that that's what they based their tech. Their tech, their, the initial design was just using using Half Life Two assets in a new experience. So I, I they really gave me the impression that it's it's you know I don't know if they're going to do anything innovative with the control, but it's not going to be a teleport uh, scenario. See, and I wouldn't want it to be because I want to. That takes me out of it. I feel like I'm in a Star yeah. Trek game, like. If you want me to feel like I'm feels like a ride, right? Maybe. Right, right. 
the same they, it happens with uh i played the vr version of uh when they updated um no man's sky to support vr the ship stuff's great like flying around's perfect vehicles perfect vehicles make vr so much so much cooler because the world's moving around you just like you're in a real car right it's just perfect you got a cockpit you have all the reference points and everything no issues there. That stuff always has worked. But when you're on the ground, you're actually out there like hunting for stuff to go anywhere. You got to point 30 feet that way, click, boop, teleport there, dig up some rocks, boop, teleport over there. Like you, you lose that, uh, that ability unless you, you know, make a game where you're in like a mech suit and now you're in a vehicle again. Vehicles are awesome in VR. They just work from the get go, but I think it's ground. probably a problem for No Man's Sky too, because the way I play that game is I run the terrain and and yep. shoot my mining laser at everything, <laughs> so as not to lose valuable time. I'm multitasking. Yeah, now I got to stop and mine. That you would horrible. hate it. You would hate it. And I didn't like it either. And I'm and I uh, other than I think the, you can uh, do it with the stick though, right? If you opt to. Yeah. But, is it optional? Yeah, I think you can. I think you oh. can still run in it if you want. But traditionally, people have said they feel sick. But that's what I was asking is. I wonder if that's a hurdle to get over. Like, and maybe not. I'm sure at some point someone would have said, hey, you would do eventually get over this. But like the thing I always think back to is I think when uh, Nintendo 64 first came out and we got Mario 64 for the first time and you'd watch kids or even you the first time you played it, try to use that controller to play a 3D game in a way that we hadn't ever before. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew how to control Mario. Mm -hmm. Like there was a genuine fear of like, is this game even playable? Like he just keeps running in a circle for some reason. Every time I try and jump, it doesn't work. Now you go back and you look at it and we've all gotten used to analog sticks and how it works and all of that. We're like, ah, oh, that's no problem. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I wonder if there's an element of that to VR of just like, well, we've never done this before. So, yeah, it takes a little getting used to, but we'll get there. I think you're right. And I think maybe they're the ones to pull it off. Nintendo are the <laughs> ones to make it work for 3D platformers. They changed the world with that. Like Mario 64 is that's a really important really game. Good, yeah, that's a really good reference, too, because that's my frame of reference for starting to use a stick. Mm hmm. Oh yeah. Too. Like yeah. Even thinking like, oh, it's cool that it's 3D, but it looks kind of crappy. I don't think I'll play this. It's gimmicky. But then playing it for like two seconds, you're like, this is amazing. Yeah. It changed. You, know, everything. you don't know how to do it, but you you get into it and you start learning that new language. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what we're missing for VR. Well, and Stoic Squirrel says, I never had a problem playing Mario 64. We're not saying you had, we had a problem. That's the whole point. Nintendo said, here's this weird ass controller. Here's an analog stick. You never heard of this before, and with a few very few exceptions. And here's this game with a mascot you all love. And we all went, oh, that looks like it might be nuts. How's that even going to work? A stick? Wait, a stick? Is that a joystick? Like, we we didn't know. Then we got our hands on it and went, oh, we all knew how to. That's the point. We all suddenly knew how to do it. And that is breakthrough. That's what Valve needs to do with this. Or someone needs to do with VR. VR needs its breakthrough moment. And then we'll all look back and go, oh, remember how janky everything was until someone figured it out? And we'll just know. We'll sit down. with If it's this, we'll sit down. We'll put our thing on. And suddenly we're Alex and we're running around doing our shit. And we'll go, oh, my gosh. This is it. We've done it. We've crested the hill. We've made it, you guys. We finally made it. And it was Valve who did it for us. I hope that's what happens. Well, yeah. And, and we, you know, 20 years from now, while we're, you know, retired, maybe, hopefully. Sure. Well. You know, and the young so. people are growing up. When they get their consoles, it'll be a must-have to have a VR. 
compatibility, like a headset sold with your Xboxes and your PlayStation, or they'll just be standard. I, I, honestly, that's yeah. that's the other thing yeah. is the N sixty four included a standard controller with an analog stick. There was no getting away from it. It wasn't an optional accessory. So at some point, that'll be the case, or the device itself is a VR standalone thing, or if we're still happy to play different ways of playing games, it'll just be a part of your purchase. Otherwise, it'll I mean, always be an expensive accessory, and you'll have a broken player base. You'll have a divided player base. Think of it this way. Alex comes out. It's kind of like, eh, it's kind of met as a game, but it finally shows people. It's people excited for the potential of what can actually be in a VR game, and Epic gets their hands on it and makes Fortnite VR, and then the world falls in love with <laughs> Or at least Because, you know, do. you can, I swear, you could put, you could package poo and put Fortnite on it and that shit will sell yeah i you mean know, like right so now. like i mean if they just win with vr on this on this product then you never know epic and valve might be partners in the future uh and all we'll have is Fortnite. i just i love it when a company VR. figures out the right way to do a thing like world of warcraft's a great example of mmos certainly existed before that um and and then the things that inspired it but it but it got it right or it again crested that that hill. That was the turning point. Same thing goes for lots of stuff, and I hope this is it because VR needs it badly. There are only there are a few experiences in VR that are really amazing, but they are, you know, it's Beat Saber and freaking Beat Saber. <laughs> um, yeah, those are yeah. Ama- that's an amazing game, but it's also. You know, Another it's thing that has a lot game. of potential too is the strange daysification of whatever that medium is going to be because mm-hmm. it's actually fun. fun to watch full 360 video i feel like that doesn't get enough airplay because you can't make star wars movies out of it yeah but it's actually fun when people do things like um I, there's an ice hockey one where it's just like a local small community ice hockey and then you're there teleported to some other town there's real people there and they feel very real because your eyes are being fooled into 3d that you're seeing 3d space in front of you and it's it's a pleasant experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that doesn't get you know, and it's like it's hard to sell just someone's home video, which is essentially what you're watching a 360 home video. But it's really impactful when you when you watch those things. I, I think there's I think I think people who say there's a lot of potential in VR are right. I don't think it's smoke. I just think like John's point about the 64 thing, we need to find a way, like find standards of making games and experiences for them that translate into a desire for people to want to have the VR and to, to use it and play it. So. Yeah. And the prices need to come down. That's the other thing. Yeah. 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 Cause you didn't have to pay, you know, you weren't paying $900 for an N64 just to play Mario. That's a, that's Get a Fortnite big difference. on VR and all your problems will go away. <laughs> all your problems leave. Do you think, what do you think about set your, <laughs> set those grudges aside, make the Epic valve game store. <laughs> Epic Steam, the Epic Steam, the Epic Valve, yeah. the Epic Steam uh, store, and put Fortnite VR on there. Epic Steam, that sounds pretty good, uh, or terrible, depending on your point of view. Now that I think about this, we shouldn't be fighting. Tom Sweeney, Gabe Newell, let's get you guys in a room. Let's get Ten Cent in there too, because they're involved. Yeah, make sure you and, get Tim Sweeney though, not Tom. Tom Sweeney's kind of a oh, dick. Tim Sweeney. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, Tim. Sorry, I, my apologies. But let's get Tim, Gabe, and the C, the, the CEO or whoever of Ten Cent into a room together, and let's make Fortnite VR a thing. I heard that um, 
I don't know if this has been confirmed or not, but I heard that Gabe Newell's like 100% blind now. Can't see anything. Is that true? Do you anyone know that? Oh, no. Yeah. I didn't hear that. I don't know if it was like a... I don't know what it's from, like what caused it, but he had some degenerative ocular or something. And and I guess cataracts? he... Cataracts? No, it wasn't cataracts. Because cataracts you can fix. Um, Where did you hear this, Scott? I, oh, I feel like that would be it. big news, and you're the only person I've ever heard say Well, this. I think it was big news maybe a couple years ago, so that's why you don't hear a lot about it. But hold on, let's so see. So here's the latest on, on Gabe N. I wrote Gabe Newell blind, and the top article was Man Breaks into Valve, Steals Equipment, and Gabe N's Minigun. No, hold he's on. a minigun. If he's blind, he shouldn't have a minigun. He'll shoot innocent people. Let me find this. Uh, where did I see it? If anything came for Gabe Newell's eyes, whether it's a disease or a man, he would cut them. <laughs> I don't remember where I saw this. So don't take my word for it until I find it, everybody listening. I swear I heard <laughs> this. This would be easy to find. You should be able to type Gabe Newell eyes, and you if it happened, it would be all over the place. Yeah, I typed Gabe Newell blind and got nothing on Google News. Anyway. You wouldn't have to dig for this news. This isn't the kind of news. No, you I, live in I, a cycle where people make 80 articles about a girl selling her bathwater. Gabe Newell's eyes would hit the limit. Where did I hear this then? Yeah, he did some public speaking events recently and he didn't strike me as blind. Um, he did like a Vals, talk or an interview. Easy something. Okay. 0% of people going to. I think Daz Ladorn in the chat has it. He said it in a very official way, which makes me believe them. Uh, okay. Uh, suffered from Fuchs. I don't I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, dystrophy, a congenital disease which affects the cornea. Uh, oh, but was cured. With two cornea transplants in 2006 or 07. Maybe that's what I heard of. That was a long time ago. Oh, and there's a Forbes article about it. Let's see. I, I, want, I just want to make sure I'm not completely... This isn't so much about me correcting the record as it is wondering why I remember hearing that's a, this. It, it's, he says it's two years old, but it's actually an eight-year-old article. Yeah, it's 2006 or seven. February 9th, 2011. On okay. Winter. Maybe that's what I was, that's what I heard, but I thought I heard it more recently and that he had stepped way back because he couldn't see anymore. <laughs> we don't discriminate on the news here on Core. We do recent news and old news. All of it. I like the idea that Scott heard about the article and he was like, well, he's blind. Oh, here it is. Two years ago. <laughs> that was it. So here I found it. Gabe, Gabe okay. Nula was going blind. The founder of video game sellers, uh, Val, suffers from this, this condition. Uh, I have dead people eyes, he said at the time. Double cornea transplants in 2006 and seven cured him and changed him utterly. Um, bu -bu -bu. Okay, so I guess I guess he got it fixed. All right, yeah, I don't know. Dude, I thought John was on, or that John wasn't here last week, so what do I know? No one listened to me. I don't know what I'm saying today. <laughs> I thought that was still a thing, and I wasn't doing it like, a, you guys hear that Gabe Newell's blind? I'm not, it's not like that. I'm just saying. No, 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 no. We're just discussing it. Sometimes you're just yeah, like, oh, that's yeah. really sad to hear, you know? It's, I don't know. I mean, I believed you at first, but then I just thought, no, we would have had, we had to have heard about this. Like, this would have been big news. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been bigger recent news. I think that's what I, unless he had. kept it private. He's pretty private. Like, we also don't know what other medical conditions Gabe is suffering from. I was both right and wrong at the exact same time, which is not unusual for me. That happens to me a lot. All right, let's move on to Anthem. They claim they're doing a complete overhaul. 
Do you want to know if I believe that or not? Because I'm going to tell you whether you want to know it or not. I don't believe that. <laughs> I think that they're not doing a full <laughs> overhaul of anything. I think they're going to try to release the game in a better condition than it's in or has been. But there's no one's no one's overhauling it. And by because because my definition of overhaul is starting from scratch. That's what you do. If you're going to redo your house, the only thing there is the structure. In a video game sense, what is that? A little bit of code, but you're going to redo everything else? Mm. Right. What would you consider an overhaul in gaming, then? Um, well, you could argue Diablo 3's expansion was an overhaul. Loot 2.0. Okay, so if you're, if you're going to consider the closing of the auction house, Loot 2.0 and all of that an overhaul, I would say I that's not unreasonable to believe they're doing with anthem that's possible sure um but but diablo 3 was a way better game before the before that particular overhaul than anthem <laughs> is before it's overhaul this sounds like you just don't want to like anthem i want to like anthem i want anthem to be awesome i own anthem it's just sitting on my hard drive going <laughs> i want to play it but it's poo that game is poo and if they want it to not be poo they do have to overhaul it i just don't believe they will because why would they? They're not making any money on this thing. For gamers, that game is kind of dead. Yeah. Most people who play who did it signed up for a month of Origin and then quit because it didn't live up to some, anything. Some signed up for several months of Origin <laughs> because they forgot to cancel. Maybe on the back of people like John, they will actually get this done because they made a ton hey, of money off that. I don't know. World, everybody hearing my voice right now, if they overhaul Anthem and it's awesome, you're welcome. Yeah. I finance that business with my origin subscription. Everyone in the chat says, do you not consider Heroes 2.0 an overhaul? No, that's not an overhaul. That was just a big, that was a big update. It wasn't. I mean, they overhauled their financial plan. Yeah. A lot of it was. They added a lot of it was system. monetization of the game. I mean, they put, they, they yeah, they, I mean, they updated it, but a lot of it was the stuff around the game. Yeah. yeah. They overhauled, so they overhauled the parts of the game. In that case, the financial, you know, the model of the game. Yeah. I think overhaul fits for 2.0. I just don't think yeah. it was a comprehensive 2.0, but Heroes was a pretty good game even at that time. But so look, I think regardless of whether it's big or small or do this or that, I think there are two parts to this. One, supposedly they are deciding not to just drop anthem and move on with their lives and pretend it didn't happen which i think is cool i hope so um, i i am yeah, definitely in the realm of fix it not just let's pretend it didn't happen and i admire a willingness to fix it because i will say this i played the beta i got i basically got everything i wanted out of anthem in the beta leading up to it coming out i had some fun like, I know we've trashed that game a lot, and I think that's because the expectation versus disappointment drop is pretty vast, but I had a lot of fun. Flying around in that game was a really good time. Even when I was like, I think I'm sick of this game. I think this game sucks. Even when I was in that mode, I was like, yeah, but flying around's all right. Like, there was at least one little thing in there that I still felt good about. Yeah, flying was and cool. I like flying. I think they can figure it out. I hope they do. Um, because I would rather live in a world where Anthem is a cool game that I can play with friends and have fun experiences with than a world where eh, it's just that game we don't like to talk about because it was such a letdown. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it has a lot going for it. It's cool aesthetics that I really like. You know, being a big robot, yeah. you know. It, it, there's a lot of good stuff there. For me, the main difficulty was frame rate was bad and loading times were 
measured in minutes, like 10 minutes. That was so bad. Oh my gosh, like, you guys. That you stuff know, that it, stuff was really busted, and there's no reason to think they couldn't make something better out of all of that for sure. And I'm sure if I played you, it today, it would some of those things are better, yeah. but they just need to make you, a game. You could trash on it being having a bad story and, and having a, an un- interesting player hub, but if the game is good, then that stuff doesn't matter. Like, you know what I mean? If you're out doing missions and that's the fun part, like, you know, Warframe doesn't have the best story or the best hubs necessarily. It's, you know, it's fun to shoot things. So I feel like, I feel like it doesn't have to fix everything either to be an appealing experience as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's something I would like to see. So this is good news if they can do it. I just am not feeling super confident in it, but I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I own the damn thing. We have Anubis in the chat writing fighting words. Oh, D2 is greater than Warframe. Greater than Warframe. Did Diablo 2, they're saying? Or Destiny 2? No, Destiny 2. Oh. 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 Hard hard disagree, but it's okay. We have a game we like to play. The good news is Anubis is going to be your best friend when he hears where everybody landed on Half Life, uh, Alex. So, yeah. okay, you know. I wasn't watching. I just I saw, all I saw was D two greater than Warframe. Like, <laughs> you two will be best buds in that regard. I'll I'll earn Anubis's ire. I'm that. I'm a I'm a framehead over here. Yeah, I, mean, I can't say. I, is that what they call themselves? Frameheads? No, the... I just made that up. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what they call themselves. Oh, Tenno. They probably call themselves Tenno. Like their con is called TennoCon, and I guess. I imagine if you go to TennoCon, you see your fellow nerds there from your clan. You go, "What up, Tenno?" And everyone's like, "Tenno!" That's kind of how. It, <laughs> wow. Kind of how it goes. Wow. That's, but I haven't I like gone. And they're a, a Canadian company, and they're right down the like. I can take a five-hour train ride to go there. Hopefully next year I can make you it. You should or, go. I'd love to hear maybe how that somebody goes. can send me a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got any I listeners actually, over there. M- nudge, nudge. Yeah, somebody out there wants to hook me up. We have next some listen. We have some listeners in, 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 the, in the business. Sure, they people could poke around for you. Yeah, yeah. Just throwing that out there. Sorry to do that. I don't know if that's professional or not, but since we're talking about it, if you can get a ticket, do it. Why not? I, will I like covering Tenno for our core and frog pass community. <laughs> yeah, I wish I understood Warframe as well as I understand Destiny Two. If if I had that, if I had my understanding of Destiny Two and how its systems work. With the game and everything else of uh, Warframe, hot dang! I'd never, I'd never play another. Game. I wish I could disagree with that, but I agree with that. I would be. The trailer would be, though, last year's trailer is pretty good. Oh, it was amazing! It was so cool. I still don't quite know who the hell. Well, yeah, I mean, there's they they have very obtuse lore, and that's okay for a shooter. Like it's not that big a deal, but it's the systems I struggle with. Like the cards and the mods and the I don't understand all. Oh, do you stuff. know what the latest is in that? You can make a space guitar and play space guitar. Holy shit! There's oh, a well, mini game that's just playing like weird Asian inspired Asian space robot ninja inspired guitar. It's like burr, 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 wait burr, a minute. Burr, burr, Does burr. that mean there's a bard based frame? Because that's what <laughs> I want. I think so. Actually, that probably would have gotten released alongside something like. Oh, there is one for sure. Isn't there's already one for a while where you have a little boombox that floats around with you oh i don't want to be like enemies. shitty lucio like a cool it's not okay. oh lucio all right <laughs> there's like there's like a hundred warframes it's one for everyone oh i see what you're saying you're not saying lucio shitty you're saying it would be a shitty lucio knockoff if he ran around with uh sure let's go oh, octavia oh, generate oh, less emails i love octavia <laughs> o- octavia is the name of the the war of the frame okay 
I like Lucio. I'm putting it out there. I like uh, what's the one? I the the one I play is the one that shoots spores everywhere. That's That'd the one be, I like. Um, Spor uh, Ash Sporbo. No, no, Ash. Ash is not Ash. It's, I'll know um, it as soon as you say it. Venom Lady. Oh, yeah. she has molt. Molt is one of her. Yeah, she's super great. Frame. She makes a little moldy clone of herself. See, I didn't know there were it. different frames. I thought you just uh, were Sar the... Sa Saren. Saren. Yeah. Sa like Saren Gas? Saren. Like Saren Gas. That's, that's like creepy. Like S-A-R-Y-N. So I thought those were all the... I thought you just picked a frame, and then you weaponed and, and specced around whatever kind of spec you wanted. I didn't realize there were frames that were like... Oh, they got cool No, so, so the, way, the way it works is that you, the Tenno, you're actually like um, a pod person. Yeah, like you live in a, a chamber. You're just a, a little boy or girl. Yeah, you're like a worm, right? You're like a you, well, no, you're human, but you control the frame telepathically. Oh, okay. And and so you can switch up your frame because you're not just the frame. Like it's you telepathically controlling this. How thing. often so can I change frames between games? That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. You go. So the hub, the main hub, is your own ship. Uh, called an um, was it an arbiter or obiter? Obiter. <laughs> um, I can't remember what the name of it is. Uh, it has a, has a name something close to that. But you can go to your loadout screen and switch up your frames, switch up all your weapons, mod all of your weapons and frames. Hmm. Get a pet. There's a robot pet. There's a cat pet, a dog pet, um, and and then there's all kinds of stuff to do in your hub. But you can change frames at any time. Okay. And they're infinitely levelable. Well, not infinitely, but practically. Just go. Well, why change frames when you can just play Saren? Oh, I see. Because I have a Rhino Prime, and <laughs> I, if you, I want a Saren Prime like, so bad. If you like never dying, play Rhino because Rhino's basically indestructible. Your whole team will die, but you will still be around. But wow. Bo, here's the only thing I would add, and I'm going to do it in a way to try and earn uh, your agreement. I feel like playing Saren is like playing Exploding Fist Monk in Diablo 3. Because you do the infection on the one guy, and you kill him, and it spreads the infection to anyone that's around them. So you kill one person, and then like 80 people around him have it, and then you kill one more, and they just all explode. Like They can what send a whole army at you, and you just go... and then. What year was the last year you played? Uh, last year, probably. Okay, okay, all right. Yeah, because they update them, so I'm like, oh, if you played like five years ago, it might not work the same. It's a living have, game. Yeah. Uh, I have Siren, but I haven't played her for a long time. I like uh, I like Rhino. Yeah, that's good. Rhino's a big tanky and, guy, right? Like a big... Uh, yeah, he's a big tank, like a, like a, like a rhino. A wrestler in the like WWE. He's got weird so arms. He, he's, a, he's like a launch frame, too. There's lots of weird, strange new ones. Well, uh, uh, rhino, or uh, uh, was I going to say... Uh, um, Rhino is like Iceland. Everyone thinks Iceland's covered in ice. There's some ice and cold areas, but it's mostly green. Everyone thinks Greenland <laughs> is covered in green, but it's actually covered in ice. So the Rhino is actually a nice animal, even though it's got a big horn and looks scary. It's the hippo you got to worry about. That thing will eat your <laughs> face off. I was I was thought you were going to tell us which country was covered in Rhino. No, I. <laughs> <laughs> A fact I learned from a Mighty Ducks movie that Scott just threw out there. Oh, really? I didn't, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember awesome. where I learned it, but I remember it was like a nature documentary, and they were just talking about how rhinos are just nice. They'll just come out unless you're, you know, like threatening their young or something. They're they're pretty docile, but a a hippo for no reason will just eat you and your family. They don't care. 
They're just like, I'm a rhino. And they look sweet and funny and big faced with their big teeth. But they'll come and they'll chop you in half. They're the worst. Well, if you ever want to feel just unbridled joy, just Google baby rhinos and just watch baby rhino videos and I can enjoy do life. Do they do they scrape their little horns on little trees and stuff like that? They just run around. They just got that like happy, joyous baby animal run and yeah. they're rhinos. So they're also good at it. Yeah. Baby hippos are also cute for the record. But. I, I baby everything's really they're, yeah. they're they're bred to be beautiful. Creatures. Except baby babies. Oh, they're they cute. Weird. Oh, well, nah, well, as weird. soon as they come out of the chute, they look weird. But give them a few weeks and they're fine after that. They start to settle into whatever they're going to be. <laughs> they start to adjust to their weird body. Yeah, they, they look like lizard fish birds when, they, when they're born. But they, <laughs> they quickly turn into cute, cuddly little babies. All right, let's talk about Path of Exile 2 real quick. It's not really a sequel. I would like everyone to quit calling it that. Uh, it is the same game. It's not going to be a new box. It's not a new game to play. It's Path of Exile is being updated to 2.0, basically. And uh, they're also bringing it to mobile. Unless, uh, I think they had some caveat that they're it's trying actually, to. It's actually technically... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's actually <laughs> technically 4.0. It's the, the cl- fourth version. You know, World of Warcraft has oh, right. the versions for the expansions. It's right. actually 4. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, but still, it's just—it's not marketing. like a new game. They're, uh, you know, like if you wanted to have the comparison, Diablo three to four is is literally a, a whole new platform. It's a whole new game. This is you're gonna log in, you're gonna log off on the day that it's still Path of Exile, and the next day you'll log in, assuming you paid for it, I suppose, or I, no, because it's a free game. It'll just be Path free. of Exile two from then on. So enjoy. Your cosmetics will all be there, and it'll all be the same, right? So I don't know. I, I I had a hard time getting too excited, mainly because it just looked like Path of Exile to me. Um, what I wanted to see is, are they doing any kind of major re- changes to anything like the tech tree or, uh, I don't know, systems, currencies? Well, th- there are a lot of nuanced changes. The gem system looks like it's going to be easier to use, but still just as nuanced. Mm-hmm. I think they really played to their crowd. So if you're expecting... A product that appeals to a wider mass that's not what they're doing their 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 entire existence is defined by the fact that diablo 3 was a letdown and that they want to continue that diablo 2 vibe mm. but i don't know there's stuff I, stuff i really dislike about that game that are deal breakers in the long run for me like no damage numbers really hate that <laughs> i still can't but, believe those aren't in there that's really weird that you wouldn't i know i know it's it's at least an option to turn them on or off. It's just really enjoyable for those of us that like to watch numbers go by. Yeah. But like, um, I don't know. I, I would say it's a good game. The the problem with that I had with it, like just the overall reaction was that before Diablo four was even announced that uh, their, you know, business CEO or president or whatever was out there flexing, like no matter what Diablo uh, blizzard announces for Diablo four path of exile is going to deliver something better and sooner. And I was like, mm, that's a lot of hype to build up. Mm. And and I don't think looks like what they're doing is really cool and good with path like the the update. I, it looks like they're certain it's very worthy of the hype for the people that play those games. But I don't think they're <laughs> I mean, you have to be foolish to have not seen Diablo 4 and went like, oh shit, I misspoke. <laughs> yeah. Like it did <laughs> like, feel it felt like it didn't feel very genuine when they said that to me. It just felt yeah. like oh, okay, and, and, guys. Sure. Yeah. And people are just going to choose, you know, this this particular event brought to light the fact that people 
Blizzard's had a rough year, and people do enjoy kicking Blizzard as a or not enjoy it. The, the people have been affected in negative ways this year, you know, with Blizzard. But the one thing that is a complete farce is all the vitriol about Diablo Immortal. Mm. Like, if you don't like a mobile game, great. But they were crucified online by all those influencer and content creator people mm-hmm. and, and just the community in general. And, well, Path of Exile, coming to mobile. Coming to mobile. We'll say and the silence is deafening. <laughs> and the same and everyone says, I- well, it's because they announced 4.0 or before we announced mobile game. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure if Blizzard announced Diablo 4 and then Diablo Immortal, it would still have garnered a very negative reaction. Just I mean, they still would have had as many people don't care about it. The thing, th- the thing people resented was that they thought that BlizzCon was the place to announce a mobile-only product in the Diablo universe and that that was going to go over well and it didn't so part of that is i mean i understand their point but you're right like all this silence about you know oh and i'm actually excited about it so it's doesn't i feel pretty good about it either way but when or when um riot said we're bringing uh dota not dota what am i trying to say league of legends to mobile i went oh sweet that sounds great but then in my head i'm like how come you're not all freaking out and being pissed why aren't we why aren't we mad at them like what's the problem because it wasn't an event and and like those path of exile people are like defined by blizzard's a solo company five percent owned by tencent free hong kong and meanwhile like controlling interests they are a hundred percent hundred percent owned yeah okay hundred percent owned company full of people who define themselves by the rejection of blizzard go to a convention where they take the playbook of Blizzard and copy it, except for dropping F-bombs and having some cheeky humor, which Blizzard doesn't do. Yeah. Uh, so, a bit edgy, but no silence, no criticism, nothing but praise, and I'm like, okay. So, this just confirms for me that there is a, a portion, a very loud, like, not loud, very loud, very vocal portion of the community that surrounds Blizzard or has stuff to say about it not like this is news or revelation, but it just really pissed me off <laughs> that, that, they, that 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 they're just there to, sh- to to take a dump on Blizzard and not do, you know, that's their soul. It's that's for their the, soul. It's for thing. the joy of doing it. It's not for some like, oh, I hate mobile. If it isn't, if it's someone else doing it, they're ambivalent. But if it's Blizzard doing it, then all of a sudden they've betrayed PC gaming. And this, I don't know where this narrative comes from. If this is like. I mean, put my conspiracy theory hat. This is like oh, the oh. gamer press spoken, stoking the fire. Sorry, we haven't played that in a while. Yeah, yeah. you know, for competitive sabotage, right? Mm-hmm. If I am a game company in competition with Blizzard, and I, you know, happen to own some press sites somewhere, I was, you know, kind of stoke the fire and tell them to poop on a job mortal. What a travesty! <laughs> and a year later, say like, oh, can you, you know say some good stuff about our mobile game that's just like the blizzard thing we did cool you know and then everyone's just getting manipulated that's my conspiracy theory yeah i didn't i don't i, I, I don't think, have i don't think that disagree with there i think you're probably on to something but yeah yeah i know and like i like blizzard as a company i hate when i have bad things to say about them but i feel like oh just this just makes me mad that the silence here for a, a diablo game on mobile like people should be up in arms there should be a riot in new zealand everyone's like oh it's great anyway i'll stop it i'll stop it that's all right i want to see a riot in new zealand as well let's make that happen let's have peter jackson out in front and 
Tiki Wakiti or whatever his name is right behind him. All right. Tiki Wakiti. Taika Watiti. There. I, I always get it wrong, so I, don't, I just lean into it. I can't help it. Uh, John, any uh, thoughts on the Path of Exile? I don't think you care much about that game, so. Um. Yeah, I mean, like, that's a genre of game that I like, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I, I love Diablo. I love that style of game. But there's always been a quality to the community, not the entire community before you write your emails, and the developers uh, that has always felt very much like the old Bender line to me. Fine, I'll go do my own with Blackjack and Hookers. Like, mm -hmm. it just always felt like that was their development stance. Like, We'll do it ourselves. We'll do it better. It'll be even better than what you've got. Like, and it's just, it just comes across petty. Yeah. And as a result, I never, I never checked into it. And that comes up every now and then for me where I just feel like, I just feel like if they felt passionate about their game, I'd rather see that. But instead I see that level of passion just being put into being competitive and it just turns me off and I'm just not interested at that point so path of exile might be a game i love but i've never given it a shot because i just don't like the attitude around it it's like that um company i think it's the one who made paladins or whatever oh, how they yeah. made that game that was exactly like overwatch and then when they kind of got called out on it they were like well technically our game's been in development longer so really they copied from us and it's like no they freaking didn't it looks exactly like overwatch it's i don't even like that game but i'm gonna still come up and be like what are you guys doing you made a copy of that game and you're surprised people are turned off by it that's uh like, in exile and they made um that so the people have some reference it's them or it's it's paladins and they before that they made that moba behind the shoulder greek god thing what's that called smite and, Smite? Yeah, Smite's theirs, and then after and before that, they did the um, what, what's the thing where you shot discs and you flew around a lot? Shooter tribes, tribes. They did the tribes reboot that now they've abandoned. That I liked a lot, and I wish would have stayed going. Man, I loved tribes back in the tribes day. Tribes is game awesome, was so good. And the new tribes was really good, and they bailed on it and came and worked on the other thing. So anyway, uh, I'm kind of with you on that. All right, Google Stadia came out. Very mixed uh, feelings about it. We'll just briefly mention this. Uh, it's some people are saying, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe this is working. This is amazing." Other people are telling me, with no real grind or uh, stone to grind, they're just like, "Yeah, it's kind of janky, and I have problems, and it's hitchy, and I have amazing internet, so I don't know what the problem is." To others who have just had a terrible experience with it out of the box. I think it's too early to really say anything. None of us have it, so don't. I can't really speak to it. But uh, yeah. a lot of people are that. That gifted a lot. <laughs> that that gift. That gift that you retweeted. Oh, the guy with the jumping. Oh, the guy yeah. pressed the space bar. Yeah, it had a deep impact on my impression, <laughs> and it, uh, it was very not good marketing. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a bummer because. Not everybody was having that. You know, I have some other, I have some friends who ran it just great. Um, like, uh, I'm trying to think who did I talk to. It had none of that latency and was playing just fine. But they but they would experience it in some places, not others. Like, it would run great on a phone with a with a controller paired with the phone. But when they tried to run it on their desktop, they, would, they were having trouble. The Chromecast thing would work well. Sometimes, other times not. Honestly, it's a, it's a launch of a thing, so I'm not that surprised. 
the the free tier plus all the other reasons to maybe get it are like a year away. So it just feels like this is like early, almost open beta, paid beta is what it feels like. And that's okay. It just needs to happen and and I, I'm not gonna worry about I'm it's not there's nothing about what's being said to the positive or negative that's making me want to jump at it. I'm just gonna have to Yeah. Gotta wait. And I really gotta I mean if you're if you're a gamer who really is interested in finding out what the the next five years looks like you you are waiting for microsoft to talk about x cloud you are waiting for sony and whatever their plans are you like you need to know what everybody else is up to before you leap at this because in some ways this is you know this this may be the least of the choices this may be the one that you least want because microsoft's option may be this or download the game and play it if you'd prefer to that way or get the disc and have it and if you have the disc and own it maybe you can play through their xCloud thing on the go because you already own it. So they know that. So you just play it because you're already getting Game Pass. Like there's so many questions I have about Microsoft's plans that I, I just feel like I have to wait before I would spend money on this or anything else for that matter. So we'll see. Google Stadia in the wild. Brian Dunaway got one. He seems mixed. Seems? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, it seemed like he had... Compared to most, a relatively good experience, yeah. but still landed on mix. So yeah, even Patrick. Maybe that's very telling. Patrick was very pro on this before getting it. He's also someone in the Frog Pants zone that got it, and he basically said he he kind of he kind of echoed this statement I heard earlier in the week, and I wish I knew the exact quote, so I'm paraphrasing. But somebody said, "Stadia is a lot like if you were driving on the freeway." And you're and you and the freeway's working great. You're getting to where you need to go. Things are going great. But you notice there's a lane, like three or four lanes over, that's being worked on, and it looks like that lane is going to be awesome, very cool. You absolutely want to be a part of that lane, but you should stay in your lane until they're done working on that new lane. That's what I heard. Okay, that's the analogy, and I think that probably works. Like let's. Let's let some of that stuff suss itself out. We talked about VR a lot today and how that needs to sort of find its way. I think that cloud gaming is not that different. Uh, finally thing to mention, the Game Awards got their nominees and it seems like everyone likes Death Stranding. Well, which, which is a very Game divided it's seems a, to really <laughs> like Death Stranding. There's a really that's a very divided uh split thing right now. People I talk to love it or hate it. I don't know a lot of people who are just sort of okay with it. Um I don't know what that means, but whatever. I think it's also a little bit weird that when your awards are run by Jeff Keeley and Jeff Keeley is like best friends with Hideo Kojima and actually appears in his game as an NPC are, is that okay? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's it? so it's definitely a weird thing. I remember, um, I remember a while back. Um, I, I think it was giant bomb had a, uh, a feature talking about the creation of the game bastion. And I remember when they got to their game of the year awards, they disqualified bastion to win anything even though by all accounts, a very good game, they disqualified it from winning their big game of the year because they were, they knew people involved in the creation of it. They did a whole behind the scenes thing with it. And here's the thing is I think Jeff Keighley is by all accounts, seems like a very thoughtful, very honest, very upfront, very passionate person. I have no reason to 
doubt or suspect Jeff Keeley of being doing anything weird. But even though that's how I feel about him, when the big story is Death Stranding has the most nominations and it's the game he's in made by his buddy, you can't help but go, hmm. And the praise is not universal about it. No, I think if I think if people had to change their pants every time they played it because it was so good, <laughs> we'd know. Right? You know, even though there's people that like it, it's like a, it's like that argument between art house movies and not. Someone's like, "Oh, this yeah. art house movie is amazing." Meanwhile, the guy who just wants to watch Die Hard is like, "This is garbage." Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like either you're appreciator of what this is. Yeah, or you're just like this isn't a good video game. It's sure. just got high production values, and you know uh, hipsters like it. It's weird for weird's sake. Some would say, and I like the weird. Don't get me wrong, but I don't want to deliver packages for twenty hours. I just don't want to do it. And so, like, I, you could be someone that d- doesn't like the story of Metal Gear Solid, but still be like, yeah, I'm shooting and sneaking, right? Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. It always felt like the the story, the weird story, was just frosting on an already pretty solid cake. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> Metal cake solid. <laughs> but uh but yeah, like this this is different. It's very split. And I don't have a problem with it. I don't even have a problem with it winning. I just think it looks like a weird conflict of interest if he's up there and the ward goes too. That's Randing! And you're in it and you know the guy and you've been dinking around all year with him and doing interviews and all this stuff. I just, I just think it's a little fishy. Not that I don't even not even that I think anything untoward's happening, but it's the whole point of of conflicts of interest you're supposed to not have them so it'd be really cool if he said uh this year i'm gonna host the event but i am not going to take part in whatever announcing it or the nominations or the judging right and for these reasons and like kind of recuse himself in a way um i think that that would go a long way for me to not to, to actually care truth is i don't actually care that much about those awards so i don't know why i'm talking about it most, most people don't i think the reason it's getting attention is for this reason and realistically when i look down the list of things it got nominated for yeah i can probably see it like you can it, sure game of the year we had a weird year for games like it wouldn't surprise me that a high budget triple a game is on that list best game direction no doubt about it that's like game direction the joke is that Kojima should be making movies. Not surprising that it's on there. Best narrative. Certainly going to be crazy and going to appeal to some, right? Yeah. Like, as you go through these, you're like, yeah, I can see why it's there. I can see why it's there. Like, there's nothing on there where you go, well, it shouldn't be on there for that. So I, I think it's probably fine. And uh, so are the full nomination lists out, John? It is. I have it in front of me. Oh, I oh yeah, it's okay. I just saw the memes. I didn't actually know the. Yeah, it's, uh, do you see the one where it's Jeff Keeley? It's it's photos. It's like it's laid out like a comic strip, and it's him. And the winner goes to, and then it flips to a hand holding a card that says, um, "Yeah, I posted." that. Oh, that was you. Yeah, yeah it was Devil May Cry Five. The memes, but I didn't really clue in that all the <laughs> nominations were. I thought people were just making jokes. Yeah, well, for those um, who for those who didn't see that meme, the the card he's holding says "Devil May Cry 5, and then he he looks up, pauses, and then says "Death Stranding." So. It's the memes are going around, the jokes are going around, and and I'm not I I I am not accusing him of being dishonest about any of this. My main thing that, that I would I'd like to say right now is I think this stuff sucks because it's so subjective. They're things of their time. It's like when you know Forrest Gump beat uh uh 
Shawshank Redemption for best picture of the year it was it came out nobody thinks nobody in their right mind thinks that Shawshank wasn't a better film than than the other and then I say that and a million people will go well I do and that's my point it's subjective and dumb I don't know my why we got to rank stuff my dad wasn't in Shawshank Redemption but my okay. dad was in Forrest Gump hold on where was he in Forrest Gump who was he <laughs> he's like some background extra at a truck that's guy. amazing listen, yeah. listen Scott you make a good point but yeah. It doesn't apply to content creator of the year category. <laughs> There's clearly one that's best. And which one do you think it is? I think it's John is it, Jagger. Is it? Wait, a lot of these are things that I think Bo would like. Does anyone Ewok? on that list have? I, I, only, I only know two of the Dr. five. Dr. Lupo. Does anyone on that list have the 2013 Podcast Awards People's Choice Award? Do they have that? Yeah, where's the best gaming podcast? It probably wouldn't be us. They don't anyway, do that. But, no. No. But uh, I, it's got to be Shroud that wins, right? Oh, I thought you were just going to go off a funny name. So I thought you were going to vote for No, Ewok. unfortunately, I actually know who Shroud and Courage are. I like, I like Shroud. I do, too. Sorry, I think I don't, I don't know why they're... I used, I I used the word unfortunately in an unfortunate way because I didn't really mean to say that. <laughs> I, I don't like that category at all because all it is is a promo for... The, popular the ones that don't that don't need the promo like i would rather see it for up-and-comers that need the promo you know shroud needs no help exactly. he's good he's yeah. all set wait a minute nobody can wait to hear what the fresh indie game presented by subway of the year is subway the sandwich people yeah oh my lord wait what where is that? One of the right above content creator of the year is the nominations for fresh indie game presented by Subway Award. Oh boy. Who's boy, that? that? Tell me that. Who's the nominations? Uh, uh Zom for Disco Elysium. Okay. Uh Nomada Studio for Greece. Okay. Dead Toast Entertainment for my friend Pedro. Oh, that's a good game. I like that game. Mobius Digital for Outer Wilds. A cool game, yeah. Mega Crit for Slay the Spire. Very good game. And House House for Untitled Goose Game. I'll bet that one wins. But is it the freshest? It's the freshest. According to Subway. <laughs> I hate that stuff. I hate it's presented by categories. Subway. Yeah. But yeah, but you know it's called freshest because of Subway. <laughs> yeah. This, oh, yeah. If Subway <laughs> wasn't there. This would have just I, been like best indie game. <laughs> I, I agree that it's obnoxious to take an award and then present it by a company. Period. Uh, Can you imagine the Oscars doing it? It's the best Oscars presented by DiGiorno's best, Pizza. Yeah, best the, male actor. By, the, well, okay, the freshest. No, you say the freshest new face in Hollywood by Subway. Like you could, you could do the exact same thing. <laughs> Like the the rising the, crust star of the year presented by DiGiorno. <laughs> Most go, refreshing go. performance by Coca Cola. Yeah, you could go nuts with that, and I hope they never do. That's a terrible idea. There's performance here. It's a little bullshit because Laura Bailey's on it, but it's for Gears Five. She's good. Like, she should five. get up. She should get it for that Jaina business. That was way better than anything she did in Gears. That's true, but I did. She did a great job in Gears Five. She did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, we're talking about like best of the year. The best thing. One of the best things of the year was hers, Jaina. That's why these awards that, are bullshit. Singing that song. Awards. You know? like, awards are bullshit. They just are crap. Yeah. I guess maybe that was last year. Yeah, but was still. It? It oh was, yeah, it was. It was actually. last year. Okay. Oh, but that's what we're. That's aren't fine. we counting for last year, or is it just this year? 
I think Ashley Birch is a shoe in for best performance this year. Ashley Birch for which? What? What's the game? Uh, for Outer uh, Worlds. Parvati. People, people really like this Parvati. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a breakout character in that game. She's very good. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, either way, awards are dumb. All right, <laughs> moving on. I'm glad we talked about it. Yeah, I'm glad yeah, we got. We I'm glad we got to that. That's important stuff. Good thing we're. I'm honestly just looking for. Let's go ahead, Bo. What? I was just looking for the jokes. Oh. The old <laughs> play that again. <laughs> I, I hit the worst possible time to play because everybody talked at once. All right, uh, let's talk about quickly what we're playing uh, for PC. I've been playing the Red Dead Two, Red Dead Redemption Two. And loving every freaking second of that game. I love it. I love it. I love it. I played a lot more online as well. Um, I think there's some real potential there for some super crazy fun. I wish more of my friends were uh, joining me in there. A lot of PS4 player friends, but nobody. Well, not nobody, but they're. I, I guess I need to just put the word out that I need to posse up with some people and go do some crazy stuff. Because Red Dead 2 is really great. And was great last year on PS4. Is great on PC now. And I'm very excited for mods and other stuff that the PC is getting, as well as uh, the growth of Red Dead Online, which I think is actually a very cool thing so far. So loving it. Love the story. Love the jank. I love the open world brokenness half the time. I love falling off horses for no reason. I just love it. I just want to be playing it every minute of the day. Super into it right now. Dreaming about westerns and guns shooting and and cool hats and horses and stuff. That's how much I've been doing that. And I've been playing... Uh, Hearthstone Battlegrounds, listening to Bob there behind the counter tell me how great he thinks he is, and he's sure I'm going to do great this time. Uh, having fun with that. I can't believe I'm playing Hearthstone in some form, but that's the form I prefer at the moment. And, oh, you're uh, enjoying it? I am enjoying it. I like it a lot. Uh, I mean, it's an auto-battler. So. When, you, when you send those tweets out, of every, when you hit eighth place, you sort of give me the impression that you don't like the game. Oh, no. I, I mean, those are obviously being sarcastic about me saying, look out, guys, here I come. I'm, I'm a threat. I'm terrible at it. Okay, like all those games, auto chess, every iteration, everybody's version of that, team fight tactics, all that stuff. I am bad. It is not a game I glom to and immediately am good at. I just suck. But of all the implementations, I really like the Hearthstone one a lot. So I'm having the most fun with it. And I do stay in like second and third place till about halfway through the game. And then I just lose every time. I suck at the end game at that, at that thing. Um, and I don't know why. I don't quite understand why I'm so bad there or why I just make bad ah. decisions. But I do. Because auto like battlers it. are just random. I mean, there is a lot of RNG, no question. Yeah. But I should. All, all of them are. It's, it's the reason I can't play them. I find them a little too random me. But yeah, they are. I no, like them, though. It's a fun, fun little time killer. And I, it's a good toilet game. Yeah. So yeah. I like that. And they're faster games. I feel like I'm not there all day. It's not a full hour commitment every time I want to play around which is nice. Yeah. Uh, the Hearthstone one is quick. Yeah. Which is good. I think Blizzard, you know, they have a design philosophy about, you know, time matters and I well, like that. Turns out, I think, I think overall it's being taken as a hit. Like you're not just some weirdo that just likes it. Nobody else is excited by it. No, I think people like it. You're, you're, it's, 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 it's a big success as a surprise thing. They tacked on at the end of, you know, a thick, BlizzCon. Yeah, nobody had yeah. nobody had Hearthstone Auto Battler on their bingo card. I didn't. That just seemed out of that nowhere. Was the most surprising moment in terms of announcements. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, everything else was either leaked, expected, or otherwise, you know, a known property. Kind of normal. And then that was well, like, they had a pretty whoa. sweet trailer for the new expansion pack, and you know, I, we were pretty ho hum about it. I don't know how 
generally people felt. I'm pretty sure they expected it. And then it was like Battlegrounds. It's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. And people were super annoyed with our, not not a lot of people, but a few people were annoyed with, ignore, uh, annoyed with our take when we did the live watch because they were like, you guys just talked through the Hearthstone stuff. You didn't give the Hearthstone thing any time. But we did when they said, oh, and by the way, here's this Battlegrounds thing. We all shut up and listened because that's interesting. Yeah, that's like they, new. When they got to the part we might care about, not when they were talking about <laughs> Galacron for seven hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be so much fun when you're like in your 80s i know years. right i want to live with john at the same care center when we're both in our you're late just 80s. gonna be a bundle of joy at the age of 80 <laughs> i love that idea um all um, right i've been playing those two games john <laughs> you played uh star wars jedi fallen order and beat it and i'm very excited to hear what you thought of it what'd you think of it i couldn't stop playing it man this game's good this game's that? really good. Mm. Uh, now I have it's to good. I have to give a slight disclaimer to it. Okay. Um, if some technical issues bug you in games, maybe give it a little longer before you decide to jump in. Mm. I have a uh, question. Yes, go ahead, Bo. So in one of the trailers, he takes out a lightsaber and uh-huh. he goes right with it, yeah. and he just kind of shows his hand extended out. Uh huh. I thought maybe his hand looked weird and I know that's the kind of thing that might really bug you. So was there a lot of bad hands in, <laughs> in the game? I didn't, question, I, know I didn't notice a lot of bad hands, but one of the technical issues that I kept running into is just a, sometimes he just gets in a weird place physics wise where he doesn't seem to know what to do with his body. And he's just like, Maybe I'll try standing like a cowboy for a little bit. And he just like his wet, his legs will get real wide and wobbly. And I'm just like, is he about to fall? And then like he snaps back into normal animation. I'm like, oh, nope, he's fine. It corrected itself. But like there's a lot of little weird just mm, game glitchy things that happen here and there. But I didn't have anything that broke the game. Nothing that was terrible. I had some frame rate issues in some places that are kind of notorious for having it. Um, I had some just weird animations. Occasionally, there's one type of enemy that likes to lunge at you, but you can block the lunge. And it. I had one where it hit me and just shot straight up into the air. And I was just like... Uh, and then a couple seconds later, it went thump and landed right down in front of me and i chopped it in half with the lightsaber like there's some fun stuff in there so there's a lot of issues does the guy does the guy look is it me or is he supposed to look like some kid in the back of math class he just looks like some kid you know some scrub looking so he he is based on an actual actor who's apparently from the show shameless is uh what i have heard oh that's why he's so familiar i know who that is all right and he does a fine job. Every time I complain about this main character, I get a bunch of people yelling at me, defending him. He's fine. Yes, he's likable. Congratulations. They designed protagonist, a guy that's not going to offend you in any way. <laughs> and he'll get sad, but not too sad. And he'll get angry, but not too angry. And he'll always do the right thing. And he has drama, but not really. He's going to be fine. Yeah. Like, they did it. They created a generic character. Mm-hmm. This generic character's hair is red. Like, that's the big change-up in this case. Yeah, He's fine. He's boring. But he does a great job. The voice acting's great. 
it's all it's all it's fine. like it's like Ezra from Rebels, right? Yes. Ezra's like Ezra's just like he's fine, but he's also not cool. I would actually say Ezra has a progression where you don't like him, so you at least feel something to okay. him being okay. This character is just neutral. He's just neutral all the time. Mm. The most I liked him was in the opening seconds when they he's wearing like earbuds, I guess. I, he's listening to music. And I was like, man, I like his music. And then and then he takes them out, and that was it. Was it the Mandalorian um, soundtrack? N- no, but uh, well, we, I, we don't need to go. That's off the highlight on that, of my week. Yeah, oh, it's pretty it's pretty good. And but here's the thing that game has a ton of fantastic characters. So as much as I go a little too much on the protagonist, Cal, uh, all the other characters are awesome, including the villains. Um, and they do a phenomenal job with all of them. So maybe what they were going for is we'll give you kind of a neutral character that you can do whatever you want with. And we'll put all the interesting characters around him. But the story in that game is really good. I got done with it and I couldn't wait for a sequel. What did you think about the helicopter sabers? The helicopters? Oh, from the Inquisitors? They're so fine. I know they're in the game. Yeah. yeah. They don't do anything really crazy with them at any time. Okay. Um, so it's just one just, of those weird things that they do with lightsabers that I don't know. Like, I'm sure somebody's mad about it somewhere, <laughs> but it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it is a bit weird, right? Have you seen right. this guy? Yeah, I've seen, seen Rebels. It. It's I've seen it. Yeah. It's, 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 it seems um, a bit unnecessary. I don't know. Like, it's a little showboaty. I just, yeah. I just wonder if there's a lot of it in the game and if it's a distraction or if it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I get they, you. Um, they definitely like, it seems like their policy with lightsabers in this game is, I don't know. What if lightsabers did everything? Um, because, uh, and I don't think it's a major spoiler. Skip a couple seconds ahead if you don't want to know anything. He gets a double-bladed lightsaber. Oh, and I've then by that. the Ooh. end of the game, he can split it and use it like two lightsabers yeah. as well. I saw oh, a video that showed, but there's video out there that I think is pretty publicly in the trailer even that shows some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I I need to just play it. I'm gonna go do the origin thing again and just play it. You've got me convinced. It seems like you really enjoyed it. And you said it took you what, like twenty hours, something like that. Yeah, probably a little more than that. I went on a just I couldn't put it down. I played until my body was in rebellion on Saturday oh, night. I love to hear that. That's then I great. went mm-hmm. to bed and was having that thing where you can still see the game even though your eyes are closed. Oh and- man. Uh, I was just like, oh, I woke up and I was like, no, I got to be responsible today. But what if I just played a little bit more and uh, just kept doing that? It's really cool. The voice works really good. They got a lot of the actual actors for it. Um, but oh no, I, I can't talk about that. That's a spoiler. Oh, okay. It'll spoil it. I'm looking forward to this one. I may not yeah. play it right away, but I I like everything I've heard and seen. And what you said is really just emboldened me further that feeling yeah. of like i have to do responsible things but right must play i love it's the i love a game that i get so into that i dream about it except in the case of red dead redemption which i am playing and dreaming about uh it's always about sean and you played enough uh, john to know who sean is right uh, he's the irish I've guy i've watched your streams man yeah he is <laughs> he is a pain in my ass because he's a cool character and i like him but his accent gets in my head and he's just in my dreams now. He's just in there. 
sitting around going, ah, watch it, you know, just a total like, uh, like a. <laughs> he's always going, Arthur, Arthur Morgan, Arthur Morgan, like he's just always yelling my name, wanting me to come do some mission for him, and I, he's he is in my head all the time, that guy. I so I like to have things on while I'm playing games. I did this while I was playing Jedi Fallen Order, and I put on one of your streams. And I was mostly just focused on my game, but every now and then you would just yell at the top of your lungs, Arthur Morgan. And I just, every time I was like, "What the hell is going on?" There's something about there's something about him. I don't know what it is. He's a real Lucky Charmser type, but he's just I don't know. Gets in my head. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move past that. Here's the thing about Jedi Fallen Order. Yes, please. Uh, the only thing that bums me out about that game, no new game plus mode. It's oh. a game where everything you find loot-wise is cosmetic. Mm-hmm. Nothing really changes your power or anything like that. So I got done with it and immediately wanted to just play it again on a higher difficulty level. But you you lose everything. And... Uh, you know, you start the game, you only get three between two and three lightsaber color choices. You got yeah. the blue, you got the green, and uh, there's apparently a premium where you get orange, uh, which I have through the subscription or whatever. There's but, no yellow? Uh, I want a yellow. No yellow option? So here, here's the thing about 60% of the way through the game, you get additional color options. Okay. And that's that cool. sounds like dark side stuff. Don't spoil it for me. And that sounds and, and that's super cool. And that's where the colors that I wanted. And so, yes, Scott, your yellow is in there. Um, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of color. Options, okay, cool. Say. Cool. Um, so that's where your yellow lives. Uh, that's where my indigo lives or cyan is another one I was a big fan of. But there's a bunch of them. And so I wanted to start the game and have all that stuff. And you can't. So the oh. only reason to play it again is for a higher difficulty, which I did yesterday. I streamed <laughs> some instead of uh, us doing this show yeah. and uh, had a good time. Yeah. But man, I just I wish that stuff carried over. for some, Can you, you tell know. me what the D- do we know what the DLC plans are? If any, don't know yet, mm. but they've got plenty of room for it. This could very easily be a series. And if they turn it into a series, like I have some issues with this game. I've got a lot of problems with it, but I would a sequel to this game could be amazing. And whether you consider it a sin or great, this game introduces its best character like right near the end. Yeah. And it, it kind of does the Mass Effect thing where in Mass Effect 2, you got Legion right before your final mission. Oh, right. And it does the, it does the same thing here where you get uh, you encounter a really awesome character right at the end. And I was like, I need to know more about this character. Why isn't this character the main character? Like, I just yeah. so into it. And uh, I can't wait to see more of that. So I hope they do a sequel. That's really good news. That's good news. The thing about Respawn is they make really, really, really good sequels. Like Titanfall is arguably one of the best single player games I ever played ever. Titanfall 2, that is to say. Titanfall Woman had its moments, but 2 was amazing. So maybe this is Respawn doing that again with a sequel and it'll just be the most amazing game ever. But now you want, I'm going to play it. And it sounds like Bo will too. We're just going to play this game. You should. It's it's fantastic. We like the Star War. Uh, mm-hmm. We like a good Star War and uh, <laughs> Mandalorian. Also amazing. Everybody should watch that. That's an incredible. Mm-hmm. Good new episode tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, or tonight, if you're going to stay up till midnight because you can't wait. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, Bo, Overwatch, still having a good time? Yeah, we're yeah. playing a lot of Overwatch. Having yeah. a good time playing it. Waiting for season the new season of Diablo to start. I think I'm going to go hard on the paint. Yeah. And play that. That's tomorrow? Um, even though it? I got plenty of other games to play, it's kind of just what I want to do. It's all right. It's the kind of crack yeah. you need. Uh, is it tomorrow? Tomorrow's Elysium. Haven't run it yet. Tomorrow's the new season, right? If I have that right. Yeah, it's tomorrow. Okay. So probably gonna start playing that uh, tomorrow. Um, I got on a. I got. I got on a very long business call yesterday and decided to fire up uh, muted um, <laughs> Diablo three, and I thought it was a new season. I was gonna start a new seasonal, but then I'm like, oh, this is still a few days off. So I just went and ran bounties for like a two-hour call, and it was amazing. Just running bounties. It was, it was great. Diablo 3, still what a What class are you playing for your season, Bo? I don't know yet. I'm there's, So there's two new sets in the season, one for Monk and I think one for the Seder. Oh, well, then you're playing Monk. Crusader. But I'm probably going to play Monk because it's a new set for the class, and it's my favorite class. Yeah, you love the Monk. You Even, played like 50 Monks. You're going to play Monk. Even though, like, I need to spend some time playing, like, there's classes I haven't played to end game in a meaningful way, like I have the other ones, right? Yeah. Demon Hunter, Witch Doctor, Crusader, or Seder, as the cool kids say. <laughs> Who says Seder? You keep Demon saying Hunter. Do they I see say it that? online. Yeah, I'll just no. in red. No. People no. call it Seder? No. Man, it's just one Seder. extra syllable. It should just go the whole way. Dude, Seders are goatmen. Yeah, they're Stop goat it. people. It's Kezra. <laughs> You're, talking, you're thinking of satyrs. Oh, wow. what? Wait, what? Is that how you say satyr. it? Like a satyr place. Yeah, I thought it was a satyr. So. I've always thought it was a satyr. Yeah, no, because in uh, the, Her- the, the Disney Hercules movie, they keep talking to Danny DeVito's uh, satyr character as satyr. They, they say satyr. Is it? Can I not trust Disney? Well, to, in, to... It, at university, when I took theater history, we called they, they called them satyr plays because that's why they were just known as satire because satyr was you'd watch this serious play like the Oristia or uh, um, Sophocles Rex. And then it'd be followed up by comedy, which is a bunch of pe- humans dressed as satyrs, like the goat men you're speaking of with large dongs, like paper, not paper mache, <laughs> but whatever they made their dongs out of, and they make sex jokes. And that was, that's a satyr play. But we, now we say satire. But I didn't know that. Is that the origin? That entomology. That's crazy. I love that kind of stuff. Hold on. There was, what, okay. there was what one I learned time in my theater history class. Yeah. There was great. one time when I was I cried a little and someone said, Are you happy? And I said, No, sat here. <laughs> <laughs> you say, uh, did anyone see a man come through here? Yeah, he, he sat here. Right here. <laughs> sat, sat here. Yeah, sat <laughs> here. Sat here. Sat here. Here, play. I'm gonna play the way I mean, this is how Miriam Webster says it. Sater. See, that's what I think. Sater. Isn't it Sater? That's what I always yeah, say. Yeah, but isn't that the American dictionary? Because remember, I'm Canadian. Well, here in America, we call them satyrs. Well, this says chiefly British. Wait. Miriam Webster? Yeah, let me. Yeah, maybe. It's my new D&D character, chiefly British. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> he was so good in Ultima Online. I just love chiefly British. He was I, I great. think it's the case where satyr is not known as being wrong. Because so many people say it that way, but it's satire. Oh, here it is in the Bible dictionary. Oh, never mind. They don't have a voice thing. Lame. Uh, how about <laughs> it we just do... comes on? Do you accept Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Okay, here it is. This is supposed to be legit. 
Seder. I don't know, man. I always heard that too. Oh, wait, here's another version. Saterid. <laughs> what? Sater. Saterid. Why is he adding id at the end of it? I don't know. Okay, how about this? Oh, this has all gone wrong. Oh, British. Here we go. Oh, wait. Okay, dictionary.com has a British version of this. Sater, British. Oh, no, they don't say it. They say it said the same. I don't know, dude. Oh, my God. You should go to Wikipedia. Look up. Oh, here, I'll give you the Wikipedia. Actually, that's Satyr. S-Y-S is spelled S. Shit. S-A-T-Y-R. Yeah, S-A-T-Y-R. Actually, just go to Satyr. Anyway, so these pictures, you know, on like vases and stuff. Yeah. Just go to Satyr. Here's a link to Satyr. Oh, right? my and gosh. Look at the wiener the on that. See, I'm, I'm, I'm not lying about the dongs. Like, Satyrs are like horny jokesters. What is that? Satyr. John, you need to go to this thing and look at these giant. What is the one guy doing on the? What's he look, doing look, with there's it? There's this one guy who's balancing like a candle holder on his erect dong. Yeah, yeah. There's amazing. another one. It's looks like, like he's... he was smoking, and then he felt like, well, my dong needs a hit too. So we'll... <laughs> and it's this guy who's like clearly with the, redefining the term choking the chicken. Oh my like, gosh! Just in a look constant state of po- pointing. Yeah. But look at that guy who's like... He's going to town. He just yeah. got this and he's happy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, anyways, I wasn't lying to you, man. Uh, you were Satyr not. Players. You knew more, You knew a lot about satyrs. Okay, oh, well, yeah, I'll... look at the balancing guy. I will... He's like, <laughs> well, I use it for reproduction, peeing, and holding up my notes for the theater. <laughs> I can't look at Danny DeVito the same anymore now because that's a satyr in that thing. What? What yeah, does it, Danny DeVito have to do with that? He's a he satyr uh, in he Hercules. Was, uh, yeah. He's a satyr. He doesn't yeah, have but, a... you know, it's PG in the American Hollywood for that stuff. This is like Greeks. This was, you know, back in the day when they celebrated Dionysus, the god of wine and orgies. You know, that's... Yeah. It's a very true. common thing back then. Different life. Different enlightened world. Uh, I love this. We have I love this. Listen to this definition. This is amazing is a male nature spirit with ears and tails resembling those of a horse, as well as permanent exaggerated erections. <laughs> permanent. Yeah, permanent. Permanent. Doesn't so, go so if away. your erection lasts for four hours, consult a doctor, unless you're a satyr. That's <laughs> yeah. fine. Yeah, that this is, is fine. great. They live in the woodlands, mountains, or pastures. They often seduce nymphs and mortal women alike, usually with little success. They are sometimes shown masturbating or engaging in bestiality. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. That's great. I'm uh, never going to watch that Hercules movie. You wondered what again. we would do special for episode 200? Here it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Happy, t- happy 200, everybody. Keep in mind, this was my university education. You guys are just learning it. For, you know, for a couple of bros hanging around the campfire just chatting about funny shit. <laughs> But, you know, I had to learn this and was tested on it. You had to take a test. Wow. How much bestiality <laughs> did your average sad tear take agent? advantage of? Was it one, two, or five per week? You could just, like, possibly the, yeah. find them in A, forest, <laughs> B, pastures. But you can see how this, this trope is something that we've had for thousands of years. Like, there are movies of, like, really ugly dudes like the night at the Roxbury or whatever, trying to get with girls and failing because they're morons. 
Yeah, and that's and what that's these are what supposed the, to be. That's what the satyrs were in that age. Was just like, oh, me see woman, look at me, Richard. <laughs> that was <just laughs> what they called excessively <laughs> horny dudes. They were just like, man, you're such a jackass. In fact, that's we're gonna amazing. put a horse tail on you. Yeah, and a permanent erection. Yep, you're never gonna go away. You can balance stuff on it though. So, so positive <laughs> yeah. thoughts. All right. Well, I've I've learned a lot today about things I didn't expect to. So now, quickly, we're learning about this. That's a good question. It's an email from a listener named Brian from Denver. This is not the Brian we usually think of from Denver. A different Brian. He says this. By the way, you use the uh, contact link at frogpants.com/core. Uh, you can also send us voicemails at eight zero one four seven one zero four six two. He says this. Hello, Scott. I don't do a lot of conversations on Twitter, so I hope you don't mind this email. The answer is, for the most part, no. I think there are a couple of older books, but that's it. Now, he's referring to my question some shows ago about Elder Scrolls books that aren't in the games. So in Elder Scrolls Online or Skyrim or, you know, any Oblivion, whatever, those games have shelves full of books all over the place. And if you want, you can be a weirdo and go click on a book and read through the whole thing every time you find a book. And there's lots of cool, you know, lore and, you know, stuff in those things but my question also the pillow book right mm -hmm. definitely is that mm -hmm. but it but it, i always had this question do they have some good books about the world or the characters or whatever that are more like you know like you'd get for warhammer 40k or uh world of warcraft has books or you know that kind of thing and he says i think there are a couple of older books but that's it it's disappointing since i've read every warcraft book there is with the exception of Dawn of the Aspects series by uh, Knack, Richard Knack. I wish there was an ES book or an Elder Scrolls book because there is at least as much rich lore in the ES universe uh, that would rival Warcraft. I agree, there's tons of it. Uh, the Elder Scrolls world needs a Christie Golden type to tackle the lore. Uh, as a parting thought, I've told you before, but as a fellow ESO WoW fan, uh, it's cool to see you dipping your toe in ESO on occasion. I'm wrapping up the most recent Elsewhere quest line before heading back into Najdatar and Mechagon. I never fly, uh, or I'll never fly with that rep grind. No, you will if you keep grinding. Anyway, uh, Brian from Denver. Uh, yeah, I... You're saying he's never going to get it. Yeah, and he confirmed what I heard from a lot of sources that there are no, you know... Elder Scrolls books per se, you know, that are, you know, here's a character, here's an arc of time where... I mean, there's plenty of that in the games. Tons of it in the games. And in the ESO, a ridiculous amount in the games. Everything is VO'd and story told and all this crazy stuff, plus all the books. So it's a little weird they've never gone that far with it. But um, one can hope one day maybe they can do it. I just don't know where you'd start. You'd have to do... See, that's why like the 40K books are kind of cool because they'll pick an era and say, all right, the Horus Heresy stuff, let's do that. And it's just this arc of time where it's you know they they deal with this stuff and then they're done with it and then they do one about the rise of the tech technomancers or whatever the hell they're called and uh the time the emperor the thousand year emperor almost died that's a cool book you know they can do it I, so i don't know why elder scrolls doesn't do it but thank you for the email helping to clarify that brian thoughts feelings would you guys Is read there an RPG? do they have an rpg book uh i don't know Actually, Maybe. they just got in trouble legally for that. They found out that one of the Elder Scrolls RPG books was very blatantly ripping off an old D&D module. Oh, Lord. Really? Yeah. Yeah, well, that... I don't remember that. Is that... News? Yeah, I remember that. But it was like... it was What they did was more of a free insert into... Into like a... um, What do you call it? Like a... 
What do you call it? Module? Not a module, but like a, you know, collector's edition version of something. Oh, yeah. Essentially, like, I don't think it was like they're trying to sell this, but it's still part of a product with a SKU, so. Right. Um, Huh. Yeah, anyways, I don't know. I don't know for the full details, but yes, they did get in trouble. Um, That just seems like they hired a bad contractor. Yeah. And, you know, because... You're not going to know if you're reading something that's from 30 years ago on an obscure D&D book. But when you publish it, there are plenty of curators who <laughs> who know when they're reading something uh, from history. And I think it was so blatant that it was uh, discovered. But that aside, if they took it seriously, yeah, I mean, The Witcher has a, a tabletop RPG. Yeah, It's made by the same company that does the cyberpunk stuff. Yeah, And um, so there's nothing stopping... I feel like Bethesda kind of hates partners. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, it, it, you're right. Even like, so Zenimax is actually the, the development, the core development um, team and teams behind ESO, but they're owned by um, Bethesda. Zenimax? Like Bethesda will buy oh, you, like they'll buy you and then use you, but they won't work with you if you're out. That's, that's actually, I think I've heard that before. They just are, they're wary of partnerships or they won't go to wizards of the coast or they won't go right. to who know a smaller shop and say, we want to make an ESO RPG. You guys have the guys who are good at writing those books, right? Work with us. I think. Yeah. And well, that's what you get. Somebody who's like, oh, I got to turn in this work. Shit. Better copy. Yeah. <laughs> it's all true. Um, yeah. Before we go, I have a quick bit of sad news. Um, people may have already heard this, but Brad McQuaid, uh, was known as the really the foundational designer and visionary of EverQuest. Uh, this Vice article, for example, says there is no World of Warcraft without EverQuest and no EverQuest without McQuaid. Anyway, McQuaid passed away suddenly the other day at the age of only 51. Oh. That's pretty young. Um, not a lot of yeah. details, except they're pretty sad about it. They were currently he was working on a new MMO called Pantheon, which was meant to be a bit of a spiritual successor to to EverQuest um, with a lot oh, of the, the former original EverQuest people. And that's just too young to go, man. I, that bums me yeah. out. So uh, anyway, hope his family's okay. And uh, the the team there does okay uh, without him. But cannot deny that dude's influence. Um, there would have been – we'd live in a very different MMO world uh, without, guy, without that guy. So – he, I for played sure. a ton of EverQuest. Dude was very, very influential in yeah. games for me. So yeah, he's uh, and he's been doing this for a really long time. But anyway, uh, on that note, we will uh, take our leave. Thank you all for listening, watching, being a part of the show. If you want to send an email like Brian from Denver, it's really easy. Go to the website and just click that contact link. It's real easy, and we'll read it on the show. We'd love to do it. Frogpants.com/core. You can also support what we do here by going to our Patreon at patreon.com slash core. Uh, thanks to everybody who already supports us there. If you haven't yet, please consider doing so. I mean, it's up to you, but we'd love it if you did. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, uh, voicemails, 801-471-0462. You can follow us all on Twitter. Find the show at CorePod. John underscore Jagger for John. Bo Schwartz for Joe. Uh, for Joe. <laughs> Sorry. Joe. Ah! Bo Schwartz for Bo Schwartz. There. That's his name. It's two versions of it. Go find it. I'm also at Scott Johnson. There's most shows like this at frogpants.com. That's going to do it for us, for me, for John, for Bo, for all of you. We'll see you next time.
show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. We really pulled a boner on this one. <laughs>